Did you ever have like fear when you're going through this process? Like, did you have that self-doubt or were you just like gung-ho, like, no, nah, I'm gonna make this happen? Yeah, no, that fear came when I lost my job in California. And I was like, you know what? This has to be a sign. It has to be a test mm. and I have to make a decision. So what is that decision gonna be? Is it gonna be fear or is it gonna be commitment to my passion and my dream? Ooh. And when you, when you lay it down like that for yourself, it's either red pill or blue pill. Mm. And when you say, am I gonna take a decision based on fear or am I gonna take a decision based on potential and dedication? Mm. It becomes a little bit easier. Yeah, man, like really how I wanna kick this off is just like, why don't you let us know a little bit about yourself, like spend the next like five minutes, just dive in, letting the people know who Donnie is and what you're all about. And then we can kind of get into like the nitty gritty of the advice and stuff. But yeah, why don't you tell the listeners like, who are you, man? Sure, sure. So, all right, um, a little bit, of, I'll start with um, the background. So um, I was born in Vegas, grew up in the party culture as a young kid. Um, I was raised in a military household. Um, I had a military family and my mom was the first one in college to, jo to go to college in the family. And around high school, you know, my parents were like, what are you gonna do with your life, Donnie? What are you gonna do? Do you wanna go to college? And I thought I wanted to be a marine biologist. That was actually, I was obsessed with the ocean. And my dad was like, Donnie, just go to the military. You'll make six figures right, right out the gate. You know, put a couple years in, join the military. I said, no. Mom said, go to college. I said, okay, I tried college. But my introduction into creativity was my junior year of high school. I got into broadcast journalism and that, that taught me how to use a camera. I was, I, was a, I was an anchorman on my TV channel in high school. So I'd be like, hey, <laughs> what's awesome. up guys? This is Donnie Doquisa with the news for PVTV. <laughs> <laughs> you can hear it. I had it yeah, down. I can hear it for sure. <laughs> and the, every week, my teacher would give us assignments. So go make a comedy skit, go do a news piece, go do this, go do that. And I fell in love with cameras, but I didn't know how to turn it into a passion or I didn't know how to turn this passion into a paycheck because Instagram hadn't even been invented yet. Yeah. Oh, wait. So, or it was, if it was, it was in the early stages, you know, when people were just doing filters and stuff. Anyways, I graduate high school. I try the college thing. I go to San Diego, uh, San Diego City College. And what I realized is I'm just paying to go to sleep, exactly what I was doing in high school. I'm sleeping, but now I'm paying for it. I took two semesters, dropped out, moved back to Vegas, got my feet settled, moved in with my family. They're like, Donnie, what are you gonna do? I said, you know what? I'm just gonna get a job on the strip. You know, people on the strip make six figures just for busting tables in Vegas. So Damn. fine, I'll do that, yeah. Did that, was like, wow, okay, this is not a bad plan B, but this ain't a good plan A. Yeah. So I said, plan A. I need to figure out how to get into California, get my foot in the door in LA. I want to do TV shows. I want to do commercials. I want to work with brands. I want to work with cameras, period. Got fired for wearing the wrong color socks at my restaurant because it was a five-star <laughs> restaurant at a steakhouse. I was making like 500 bucks a night, just busting tables. Busting wow. tables, 500 bucks a night. And I got fired for wearing the wrong color socks. I had a couple thousand dollars in my bank. I had $3,000. I spent $2,000 on the camera, spent the other $1,000 to get to California. Moved to California, got a restaurant job, and uh, I'm obsessed with shooting at this point. I'm obsessed. I would, I, I tried to get into photography because I didn't like the turnaround time it takes to make videos and the thought process. But photos, you could just go shoot something, go home, edit 15 minutes, shoot mm -hmm. it out, 
And then yeah. around this time, Instagram was starting to get popping. So I made photography friends, shooting around LA, shooting buildings, trespassing on rooftops, shooting the rooftop stuff in LA, just shooting strangers with long yeah. lenses, getting really familiar with photography. And um, I would go to this camera store every weekend when I would go shoot the city. And in this camera store, it happened to be Kobe Bryant's last game the day before I was in the store. And I'm wearing a Kobe Bryant jersey. And um, dude behind me in line goes, oh, did you watch Kobe's last game last night? And we start talking. And he goes, you're a really cool guy. Do you know so-and-so? No. Do you know so-and-so? No. Do you know so-and-so? No. He goes, you look like you would know people in the camera industry. He said, who do you know? I said, bro, I moved here like eight months ago. I don't know anybody. <laughs> he said, I'll tell you what. You want to make some money? I said, yeah, <laughs> that's what I'm here for. Mm -hmm. And he paid me $300 to shoot some bracelets the next weekend. Wow. One thing led to another, yeah. led to another and another again. He liked me. I liked him. I did good work. He just mm -hmm. kept giving me gigs. And for the next year, he would be giving me like $100 here, $300 here. And um, this is like five or six years ago, five years yeah. ago. And um, next thing you know, um, I'm still working. I'm still busting tables at a restaurant here in California. And next thing you know, the boss tells me, Donnie, we're, we have to close down. We're not doing good enough business. We're going to have to lay you off. Simultaneously, that same month, I started getting booked for gigs every month. Wow. And so it just kind of happened. That's how I got into it. And then um, one thing led to another. You know, I started building my network. I got, I got gigs with Red Bull, Adobe, TEDx, Puma, Michelob Ultra. I've shot international. I've shot in Sydney, Australia. I've shot in Shanghai, China. Worked with some Damn. of the biggest brands. And um, now here I am. And um, that's pretty much the, uh, the journey of how I got here. So getting fired for wearing the wrong socks was probably the best thing could ever happen to you, eh? Isn't that, isn't that crazy? <laughs> you know, I've interviewed a lot of people in the past year, and it's so crazy how everyone's story is so unique, but they're also so similar that they all are like, without, without like thinking about it, you're moving to LA with a kind of a plan, maybe half a plan. You're just like, I'm going to make this happen. You know, I don't have all my T's and I's dotted and crossed, but it's going to work. And there's so many people out there that don't take that leap and then don't get that opportunity. Don't meet that guy in the lineup that introduces him to his first gig, his second gig, the third, you know what I mean? It's like, it just, you're making opportunities for yourself. And it's so, so I, I see it. I lived it. I, for most of my twenties in the beginning, I was very, very risk. I didn't want to take too much risk. Now I'm on the upside, you know, as long as I'm not putting over my house, whatever, but yeah. uh, it, it's crazy in your story, how much you just went for it. And you had that leap of faith and it paid off for you, man. So congrats. That's awesome. Hey, I, uh, I made it happen. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Exactly, man, man. So how did you ever have like fear when you're going through this process? Like, did you have that self-doubt or were you just like gung-ho, like, no, nah, I'm going to make this happen? Yeah, no, that fear came when uh, when I lost my job in California. And I was like, you know what? This has to be a sign. It has to be a test. Mm. And I have to make a decision. So what is that decision going to be? Is it going to be fear? Yeah. Or is it going to be commitment to my passion and my dreams? Oof. And when you, when you lay it down like that for yourself, it's either red pill or blue pill. Mm. And when you say, am I going to take a decision based on fear? Or am I going to take a decision based on potential and dedication? Mm. It becomes a little bit easier. One thing that I've learned is when you remove emotions internally, mm -hmm. 
decision and you act on intuition, things become a little bit easier. If you think about, if I always relate myself to, you know, like, what would an animal do? Animals don't necessarily operate on fear. They operate on instinct. They operate on survival, right? And mm -hmm. so when you operate from a sense of survival, us as humans, we create emotion, right? Right. And not every animal creates emotion. They, they, they operate from a sense of survival. And when you put that into your head, decisions become a little bit easier to facilitate and mm -hmm. understand which direction you need to move in. Like so, sink or swim kind of thing, right? Exactly, like you have the exactly. choice, either I will sink in this or I will swim and, and like get out of the water, you know? It's like, it's like exactly. You took it right, right out of my mouth, so. I love that analogy you said, like the red pill, blue pill, like you can either commit to your dream or you can just like let the fear seep into you and, and why let fear dictate your results, your life, you know? And this is a big thing I'm trying to tackle on this podcast is like, because there's five different types of fears, the fear of change, fear of people's opinions, fears of your family and friends. Like there's so many different fears, but it, it, like you said, when you take yourself away from it, you remove that ego. It's so much easier to look at the two roads and know which one you should take. Exactly. I mean, um, I'll, I'll just reiterate it again. You know, I mean, you said it best, but when you remove emotion from decisions, it clears your mind, it clears your mentality, and it clears your path and makes things easier to decide in which direction you need to move on. So just remove emotions from every decision and it becomes a little bit clearer. Did you have any sort of like safety net or were you like almost every every week kind of like scratching the surface to make the bills? Like was it or what did you have like savings in the bank that you're like, okay, good, I have a plan B. Like you said, I can always go back to Vegas, make that money. No, I, up until about two years ago, I've, ne I've never in my life had a savings worth more than $700. Mm. And I've up until about, you know, three, the first two years of me getting fired. I mean, even before then, I mean, even when I had a job, I never had more than like $500 in my bank. Never, never, ever more than a thousand ever up until like three years ago. And, um, you know, that's, that's, you know, that's that sink or swim mentality. It's like, I don't have a choice. I have to make it, Yeah. you know? And so, yeah. How did you develop this mindset, right? Was this instilled from your parents? Because I, I'm seeing this more and more, especially in the creative industry and entrepreneurs in general, that it, it first comes down to like, the, like you said, you had to believe it, like your mind first and then the action. So if we can take a step back, how did you develop that kind of that mindset to know what I'm going to commit to this and make this happen? Yeah, that's a good question. Um, it, it definitely stemmed from my childhood. It was half, half of it was I'm going to prove my parents wrong because mm. out of high school, they said, Donnie, the first thing I did was I got a tattoo when I was 17. I got a half sleeve on my, on the lower arm. First thing my mom says, Donnie, what'd you do that for? Now you're not going to be able to get a job. My dad said, Donnie, just go to the military. And I said, screw that. I'm going to show you. Mm -hmm. This is this is 2010. I'm going to show you. This is a new this is a new century. I don't need to go to school. I don't need to go to the military. I'm going to make yeah. it doing whatever the hell I want. And I'm going to show you that. And for the they never said, I believe you. They never said, I believe you until probably 2017, 2016, 2017. I was 24 years old, 25 years old. That was the first time I've ever heard my mom say, yeah, Donnie, we always knew you would do it. <laughs> yeah, okay. Uh-huh. All right. Yeah. 
Yeah. Of course they love you, right? They love you and they want the best of you, but they grew up in a different generation. And my parents are the same. Both my parents are entrepreneurs, but they wanted me to go the secure route because they were always kind of, um, oh, are we going to make this month's rent kind of thing, right? Not every, not every month. Like I, I grew up in a very like sustainable, I, I never had any fears growing up as a kid, you know, but that was my parents' biggest fear. So they pushed me to go to school as yeah. well. And I did graduate school, but to your point, like it taught me a lot. I would never not do it, but at the same time, it might not be for everybody. It, we're yeah. in a 21st century where the internet, I learned this craft 100% from YouTube. YouTube 100%. Yeah, yeah it, it is. It's its own university. And it takes a lot of freaking time and practice, but it can be done. And you are an example. I'm an example. And there's thousands more who are doing it. Yeah, the YouTube university, right? Yeah, uh, this is crazy. So yeah. you have this mindset, and I know this is an important step. How did you actually? You said you worked with you. You glossed over. You worked with big, big brands. Like, how did you go from working from from three hundred dollars from a bracelet shoot to like working with Red Bull, which is a huge brand, huge on marketing. I mean, big budgets. You're dealing with crew, probably right, not just yourself and the and the talent. But now you're dealing with camera guys, light guys, audio guys. Yeah. You're managing the whole set. So that process, can you take us from kind of a step-by-step -step a little bit and how you made that happen? Well, I mean, it's um, short and simple. It's network, you know, especially here in California. You surround yourself. It's the, it's the hub. There's three cities that are hubs for media in the whole, in the whole countries, L.A., New York, and Atlanta. And... <laughs> yeah. um, really that's really it you know and yeah. so once you surround yourself with people who are in your industry it's just a matter of time you know but the whole rule of five degrees of separation you know somebody who knows somebody who knows somebody mm -hmm. and it's just a matter of if you make a good first impression and continue to be a good person and most importantly deliver good work i would say even delivering good work is just as equally as important as being a good person in the industry and networking because mm -hmm. we all know that creative who's plugged but doesn't even put out as good work as we do. You know what I'm saying? We all know that person. So networking, networking, networking yeah. is the second most important thing to be a creative. Number one is your work. Number two is your network. Mm. So one so thing lets you know craft. how develop a craft and then develop your network. And one thing will lead to another. And as long as you're a good person, you don't step on anybody and you continue to give value, give value, give value and look out for other people. It's just a matter of time. Um, I would definitely say, say, don't sleep on your network. But um, yeah, I mean, one thing led to another. I started shooting bracelets and then um, I started shooting with a Shark Tank company who actually had a, a Red Bull sponsored athlete. And then mm. I networked with the Red Bull sponsored athlete and then she would bring me around shoots and I met her network. And then, you know, that's just how it happens. Just one thing led to another, to another, to another. Damn. And so Red Bull picked up some of the photos that I had shot for her. And now my work is on Red Bull's website. Yeah. So, Damn. It all just happens like that. So I'm going to plug in Clubhouse a bit because that's how we got connected. Right. And right. it's been an amazing app to network digitally. Mm -hmm. And I'd love to get your take on it. Like no, number one, the app, I don't want to make this whole podcast about this, <laughs> about Clubhouse, but I, it is very important. You said the two most important things is working on yourself, like working on your craft and networking. In yeah. a COVID world where not everyone in the world can network in person because there's no more events, we can't really see person to person anymore. It's not the same. 
you know, can you walk us through how you're networking now? And I know Clubhouse is a big part of it, but explain to us how you're networking today. Yeah, great point, especially because by the time this this uh, this episode comes out, it's going to be, I mean, three, four weeks from now, maybe two, maybe two weeks. Yeah, Clubhouse two or three weeks for sure. Clubhouse is growing exponentially. And it personally, for my business, I'm spending eight to 12 hours a day on this app right now, networking. In the last, I've only been on the app for four weeks. I've spent hundred, uh, probably a hundred plus hours on the app already. And my network is crazy right now. So I'm building the creative individuals. This is my company. And previously it's just been a company. Now I'm developing it into a community mm -hmm. where we focus on the blend between creativity and entrepreneurship. Mm. I feel like there's a big gap in every creative's mind that as an artist, all you need to focus is on your craft. Mm -hmm. No, you need to focus on yourself as a business owner first before mm -hmm. you even worry about your craft. Because if you focus on yourself as a business owner, you can leverage other people's art and just be the business owner. Mm. And so that's what I'm creating the, the creative individuals for. And so in terms of Clubhouse, I've been networking with millionaires which, who are seven-figure, eight-figure, and even nine-figure entrepreneurs. And my goal is to network with them, uh, build a relationship with them, and not necessarily, you know, build a business relationship, but I'm trying to bring them to the creative community so that us as creatives can learn from the mindset of mm -hmm. these nine-figure entrepreneurs. These guys are doing 100, 100 million plus, and I'm bringing them to the table right. on Clubhouse so that us as creatives can learn from what they do and stop thinking of ourselves as just artists, but more so as business owners. So I've been spending eight to 12 hours a day on Clubhouse networking. Wow. I've grown exponentially. Um, and that's for those of you guys who don't know, for those of you who don't know what Clubhouse is, just in case if you haven't heard of it, it's an audio only platform. So think of it as like podcasting on steroids. That's how I look at it because you join rooms or clubs that are live in any time zone talking about various topics. I, I you know, obviously Donnie, you and I are big into creativity, into photography, videography, and business. So we're following a lot of those, but my girlfriend has a spiritual. Uh, club where a bunch of people from all over the world come in and talk about you know spirituality right so there's virtually any club on this app for you and right now it's in beta so it's only invite so i'm sure donnie has a couple invites i know i do so hit us up if you want some invites but it's it's an amazing amazing platform <laughs> it's an incredible platform and and that's how donnie and i got connected and the creative individuals i've now following you on instagram and your company page and man i'm impressed with what you guys are doing honestly like as a creative trying to develop a business there's so many things that i've learned in the past two three weeks from being in that community like that i could you know it take me months on youtube like youtube is amazing but it is saturated and it's hard to sometimes find like the best advice here towards you. And in clubhouse, you're actually able to get real, like real time advice on your real unique issue. And I was explaining my problem or, you know, my challenge and you guys were able to come up with like many, many different ideas on how we can overcome it. So honestly, yeah, this is not, I'm not getting promoted by clubhouse by any means. <laughs> We're just super passionate about it, you know? <laughs> Literally, yeah. It's uh, it's crazy. So for anybody who's interested in Clubhouse, I 100% recommend it. Get on today. Use an invite from Kyler or myself. And uh, one of the so one of the things you can do 
in terms of what Kyler had just mentioned, I'll break this down quickly. My sister is a law student at Georgia State. I invited her to Clubhouse. She joined a law room with a 10, you know, 10 Fortune 500 lawyers, and they gave her advice on how to write her, her essay or her project. And so oh. things you can just go learn in real time and apply to your homework, to your career, mm -hmm. to your network, et cetera, and apply it spiritually like your girlfriend, my girlfriend is spiritual as well. And in terms of creativity, bringing it back to the creative individuals, I'm creating a room called The Creative Entrepreneur, Success Tips to Reach the Top, where I'm bringing in actresses, graphic designers, photographers, videographers, all from different realms of the world, country, different mm. verticals of creativity, that we can all go have like a round table Q&A, and we can just ask questions and bring value to all those people who attend the uh, a room, so... Man, that's honestly, that's gold. Like, thank you, Donnie, for that. That's awesome. You know, Donnie, as we're wrapping this up, what kind of tips or advice would you give? And you, you've given a lot, but if we're going to summarize kind of your advice to anyone looking to take that leap and go after their dream, as cliche as it sounds, what advice or tips would you share as a final remark? I love it. I love it. I love it. I love it. And my best advice would literally to circle it back to the name of your podcast, man, you know, and, um, you know, just to dive into it, you know, remove your emotions as creatives, remove your emotions. We get so focused on what are, what are people going to think about my work or is this the right decision to make, or should I move in this direction? Think about it from a state of what decision should you make? That's going to bring you clarity and peace mm -hmm. of mind and move forward in that direction and remove your emotions and everything on your path will align itself as long as you stay clear of mind and you use your intentions and your intuition you're going to get to whatever destination you choose it's just a matter of time so <sighs> hopefully that helps i'm getting chills man damn i feel ready to like get back to work you know feel pumped <laughs> Johnny, make it happen. <laughs> thank you, man. Thank you so much for coming on the show. I really appreciate it. Follow Donnie on Clubhouse on Instagram. Follow his company, Creative Individuals. These guys are moving mountains, honestly, guys. So please support this channel, support him. And if you have any you know, questions, please feel free to reach out to us. I'm sure we'll get to you as soon as we can. Donnie, my man, that is the end of our podcast session. Thank you so much. This is the best podcast I've ever been on, man. Cheese.